Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. It is Tuesday, March 24th. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and we are today going to update the NHL's approach to COVID-19, talk about a recent quote from Tuka Rask where he said he could retire after 2020-2021, and also just take a look at some updated news and notes from around the NHL. I hope you enjoyed yesterday's Goon episode. I very much enjoyed re-watching that movie and reviewing it, and I'm looking forward to watching the sequel in the next few days uh, for the first time, actually. I, I haven't seen it before. And I'll uh, have that review up for you guys uh, next week, I believe. First, uh, let me remind you that uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can send an email uh, to me through LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. The podcast is available through Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts, uh, wherever you can get your podcast basically apple users in particular i'd encourage you to to leave a rating and a review for locked on boston bruins that would be very much appreciated you can also follow me on twitter at enc mclaren i usually post about hockey dad jokes pop culture stuff these days a bit more on the you know reacting to what's going on sharing some news and notes um in this uncertain time but Generally, it's a pretty good time, so please do follow over there if you can. First of all, I'd like to apologize for any background noise that you might hear. Schools up here are, of course, closed. Well, schools everywhere. And my three sons are at home while my wife is attempting to homeschool and or occupy them. And there's some intermittent yelling, shouting, as kids do from time to time. So let's begin with an update from the NHL. They have been posting a Q&A regarding coronavirus pause on the NHL website, and it was updated on Monday. Uh, a couple of the key things to mention, they're aware of two NHL players who have tested positive for COVID-19. They are with the Ottawa Senators organization. They're presenting only mild symptoms currently in isolation. The Senator's medical staff identified these persons who might have close contact with the athletes during the relevant time period. Senator's players and staff have been isolated and instructed to monitor their health to seek advice and care as necessary from club medical staff. The NHL said they'll continue to do everything it can to ensure its players, staff, fans, and the greater community remain safe and healthy during this time of uncertainty if you're like me, you follow a number of Bruins on Instagram. You're seeing them keeping busy, playing video games. Charlie McAvoy hung up some art, doing some push-ups, trying to balance toilet paper rolls in the air, things like that. So it seems as though the Bruins, for the most part, are uh, safe, despite the fact some Celtics uh, have been affected, uh, Marcus Smart in particular. Uh, but for the time being, it seems as though Bruins are just uh, hanging out in isolation. Uh, Brandon Carlo, it seems, flew back to Colorado. So that is a bit not concerning, but just kind of shows 
the severity of this pause and how it's not really a short-term thing. Uh, NHL added, medical experts do not recommend mass testing for all NHL players. Besides the fact there would be insufficient testing resources to accommodate that, the medical community does not believe that such testing is uh necessary or in accordance with the parameters issued by public health authorities. So it's basically only if they're showing symptoms that uh, they should get tested just like anybody else. Um, Self-quarantine should continue through and including Friday, March 27th, unless a longer period might be required for some players. And um, following the Center for Disease Control's recent recommendation, players were given the option of returning to their home cities uh, outside of, say, Boston, Brandon Carlo, for instance, going back to Colorado, and other players are even given the option to head to Europe if they so desire. The big question everyone is wondering is, has any decision been made regarding the remainder of the regular season, Stanley Cup playoffs? We know that the Canadian Hockey League canceled the playoffs for its three major leagues, Western Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, as well as the Memorial Cup. That culminates in uh, sorry in May, so it's a bit earlier timeline, uh, but that has been wiped out for, the, for this year. As far as the NHL goes, they said the form and format of resumption of play scenarios will depend entirely on what transpires between now and when we are permitted to be able to resume. On timing and taking into account logistical constraints, we're going to have to be flexible and react to events as they unfold. It's premature to say what the circumstances would be for resumption of play, but we are prepared to follow the directions of relevant health authorities. That's in regards to playing in front of empty stadiums if need be. If the NHL playoffs do go into July and or August, could there be a shortened regular season next year? The answer to that is no. NHL does not anticipate a scenario that would endanger or interfere with the league's ability to stage and execute the 2020-21 NHL season in its entirety. I've heard a idea that if it did go into the summer, that maybe they would bump the start of the next regular season to November, scrap the All-Star game, scrap the bye week to try to fit it into a condensed schedule. All that hockey within the course of 12 months could really be messy in terms of injuries and things like that. But again, that's something that we have to uh, discuss if and when that becomes a possibility. No decision has been made in regards to the NHL draft combine or the NHL draft. And in terms of contracts that expire on July 1st, any decision we make on the schedule and critical dates, calendar, during the offseason, ultimately will be done in conjunction with the NHLPA. The parties will discuss how best to accommodate the resumption of play determinations that are ultimately made. We know that, you know, there's a lot of Bruins who will be RFAs this summer. Tori Krug, Yaroslav Halak will be UFAs. Zidane Charo is a UFA. So there's a lot of questions as to if those contracts, you know, how they'll carry over, things like that. So Still a lot up in the air. We know at the moment that the Tokyo Olympics, which were scheduled to take place this summer, have been bumped a year. So that's a good indication that major sporting events, you know, are unlikely to resume 
in July. I'm very skeptical as to whether play is going to resume at this point. It seems kind of uh, not pie in the sky, but just wishful thinking that we're going to get sports back in North America anytime soon, especially based on how uh, the president seems to be more concerned about getting the economy going and uh, lifting the crackdown on social distancing at the moment. So Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic, he says, given the likely postponement of the Tokyo Olympics, that has been confirmed at this point, an August window for an NHL season resumption might be the only window left that's even realistic. And, you know, that, again, is kind of the very end point at which the NHL could come back and still salvage next season. Uh, He said again, having a full season next year is paramount importance to the NHL. That doesn't mean a full 82 game season couldn't slide into November, cancel the all-star game, cancel the bye week, go deep into June, 2021. Um, There seems to be a pretty high level of cooperation between the owners and the players at this point. Everybody wants the games to be played. Nobody wants to leave that playoff gate money on the table. The NHL, as we all know, is a very gate-driven league, and a complete cancellation of these games would really affect the salary cap, hockey-related revenue, the sharing that goes on there. So pretty much everybody wants things to be played, but we know that with each passing day, as the numbers continue to go up and up in terms of those affected, deaths, um, you know, from my point of view, it really seems as though people are taking it pretty seriously, but won't take it to the extent that it needs to be taken until we, you know, there's someone in our lives who's personally affected by it or comes down with the symptoms, passes away. Um, I think that's when people will really have their eyes open to the extent of how severe the situation is. And at that point, it'll be kind of too late to take the drastic measures that we need to really curb this thing. So hockey at this point is secondary to the greater good. We all miss it. We all love it. I uh, was pretty bummed this morning just thinking about how great this Bruins team is as currently constructed, not knowing if we'll see this group back on the ice again. Uh, But again, it's something that is necessary at this point in human history, and hopefully there'll be lots of cup runs to come in the future. Now, speaking of 2021 and that regular season, our starting goaltender, Tuka Rask, caused quite a stir over the weekend by saying that... uh, There's a possibility that he could retire once his current contract runs out uh, at the end of next season. This was in speaking to Matt Porter of the Boston Globe. And Tuca said, I have one year left in the contract, so we'll see if I even play. Asked if it was a real possibility, Rask replied, we'll see, always a possibility. The Finnish goaltender is in the midst of the second last season of his eight-year, $56 million deal he signed in 2013, which carries an annual 
cap hit of $7 million. He won the Vesna Trophy in the first year of that contract, led the Bruins to the Stanley Cup final last year, where, of course, uh, the Bruins lost to the Blues in Game 7. I firmly contend, and it's pretty inarguable, I think, that if the Bruins had won Game 7, he would have been the Conn Smythe Trophy winner, uh, would have cemented his case as uh, a Hall of Fame goaltender, and um, yeah, he's already the most wins in Bruins history and, um, you know, has certainly done enough to carve out a very memorable career for himself as a member of the Boston Bruins. Rask added his decision will be based on spending more time with his family. He wants to just be home. The wear and tear of the travel with two, almost three kids now makes you think, I love to do it, but it's tough. He's played 536 games in the NHL over his 13-year career, uh, twice led the league in shutouts, and is currently rocking a 929 save percentage, putting himself in the conversation for yet another Vesna Trophy. So, you know, it's not like he is losing steam by any means. The addition of Yaroslav Halak certainly has helped in terms of load management and keeping him fresh throughout the course of the season. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the cap likely to go down at this point for next year. It's unlikely that Boston would be able to re-sign Yaroslav Halak. I think he would be in pretty high demand seeing as how he has helped uh, Tuka Rask through the early 30s stages of his career. Um, it raises the question as to whether Boston would put a young goalie like Dan Vlader or Kyle Kieser on the roster next season in order to uh, kind of uh, begin that transition process. There's questions about how it would affect the expansion draft and a lot of things up in the air. So again, I want to reiterate Tukarask isn't saying that he's going to retire after 2020, 2021. He said it's a possibility. So we can just tap the brakes on, uh, the alarmist Rask is gone after next season because that that's not what he said. But it is a possibility, and with everything that's going on in the world, there's certainly people out there who are reevaluating things, having things put in perspective, um, you know, valuing time with family, seeing how important that is for a pro athlete. They are away quite a bit, and. Uh, he certainly uh, made enough money and done enough at the NHL level to be content with uh, his career at this point. Uh, he does have his name on the cup, although he wasn't the starter when they won. He did lead the Bruins to two finals. And obviously it would be nice to get that other cup win on the resume. Um, but there are greater things going on in the world other than hockey, as we all know. And maybe this is really, you know, causing players to think about uh, their long-term futures, what's really important. And, um, you know, I would not blame Tuka Rask at all if he decided to retire. Certainly with uh, both Rask and David Krejci set to become unrestricted free agents after next season, that would open up a huge amount of cap space for the Bruins. That would be, you know, 14.25 million. 
you know, you got to think Chara probably won't be back after that point if he's there for next season at all. So it could be that we're on the cusp of a, a changing of the guard here in Boston. Uh, this core obviously will not remain together indefinitely. The perfection line is signed for the next few seasons. Ber- Bergeron signed through 2021-22. Uh, Pasternak until the end of 2022-23. Marchand 2024-25. Uh, Charlie Coyle is the player signed through 2025-26. He has the most contract security among any of the Bruins. Um, so this core, yeah, is not going to stay together forever. And Rask isn't that old, but I, again, would not blame him for taking a step down, uh, taking a step back, reevaluating things, and and calling it a career after that season. It would uh, be a detriment to the Bruins, obviously, in terms of goaltending. It would open up some salary cap opportunities, uh, but that's a long ways away. And uh, for the time being, my hope is just that the Bruins are taking care of themselves and that we can get them back on the ice for this season and uh, get a cup run in. But um, like I said earlier, I, I'm skeptical as, a, as to whether that's going to happen, meaning Rask could have only one season left in him. And hopefully Krug will be back to give this team a a great chance of coming back strong and winning uh, whenever play does in fact resume. Let's finish today's podcast with some news and notes from around the NHL. Adam Gretz from NHL.NBCSports.com put out an article about the long-term outlook for the Bruins. As um, you know, the pause continues He writes, the Bruins have the most important pieces for sustained success already in place. Superstar forwards and young top-pairing defensemen in Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo have them signed long-term, and they are mostly at points in their career where they should still have several elite seasons ahead of them. The Bruins have been one of the league's top four teams for three years in a row now, and there is no sign that they're going to drop off from that level anytime soon. If there's any long-term needs, he said... Goaltending might be the question, again, with Rask floating the possibility of retirement. Halak, questionable to return as a free agent. Um, The Bruins do have some promising goalies in the system, but whether one of them can step up to be a starter within a couple of seasons might be a big reach. And then, of course, the big question is uh, Tory Krug and whether or not he can resign with the Bruins if the cap does indeed Uh, go down. You know what? I think that's it for hockey content for today. I wanted to end the podcast with a major recommendation for you. If you're looking for something to watch and take your mind off things at the moment, I cannot recommend enough Tiger King on Netflix. It's the story of Joe Exotic, who was a exotic cat owner in Oklahoma. He ran a quote-unquote zoo down there, and um, it's the story of his life, his exploits, uh, some trouble that he ran into down there, as well as uh, some rival cat owners and cat rescue people. Um, It was the subject of a podcast 
uh, I think last year. I think it was just called Joe Exotic. Uh, it was from the people who brought you over my dead body on Wondery. Uh, and, you know, it's just an unreal documentary that Netflix has produced. It, if you told me the story just as a, a possible, say, script or something, I would say this is too far-fetched. But, um, yeah, here's the description. Tiger King is a wild ride where men wrestle with big cats. A woman's hair is ripped off. A feud escalates into a hit for hire and zoos look an awful lot like cults. All in a mere seven episodes. Netflix's latest true crime docuseries uncovers the world of big cats and those who collect them. Focusing on Joe Exotic, a zookeeper turned prisoner, and his longtime running feud with animal activist Carol Baskin. There's also this guy in Myrtle Beach. It's um, really reminds me of uh, Tim Robbins from High Fidelity. Uh, who runs like it's like a cat place, but it's also some sort of human trafficking ring, and uh, it's just wild. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, if you're looking for something to watch, do check that out. Tiger King on Netflix. Like I've said before, I'm also watching uh, Walking Dead, uh, Curb, the last episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm looking to forward to Better Call Saul. Homeland, Westworld, This Is Us. I'm really looking forward to Ozark Season 3 dropping on Netflix this week. There's also been a lot of Frozen 2 going on in our house. Uh, we've been watching a lot of America's Funniest Videos episodes on YouTube. I did not realize that Carlton Banks was the host of that show for some time, but learned something new every day. Um, all that to say... There are things out there to keep your mind off things. There's a new Pearl Jam album coming out that I'm looking forward to. New Sufjan Stevens album out today that I'm going to listen to now for the first time. And, you know, it's just a crazy time. I'm borderline between struggling, trying to stay positive. Um, and I hope this podcast can help you take your mind off things for, for a little bit every day. Um, if there's anything you do want me to talk about, please hit me up on Twitter at ENC McLaren, locked on Boston Bruins at gmail.com at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Um, I just really hope you are all doing well and, you know, we can get through this together. I don't know how long this period of social distancing is going to last. Um, I don't know how bad it's going to get out there. Uh, but I do know we're in this together that we can. And we'll get through it. It's not going to last forever. And um, again, I, I just hope that I can provide some semblance of normalcy in your day with this daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the podcast, Locked On Podcast Network, I should say. And um, yeah, what else can I say? It's a tough time for us all, but uh, we can and we will get through it. So take care of yourselves, friends. Stay inside. Wash your hands. And please do take care of yourselves. Talk to you again tomorrow.